Have you ever struggled to forgive someone? I have. The wrong, horrendous, the hurt, deep, the anger real, yet called to forgive. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Here Jesus highlights a truth that goes to the heart of our faith journey. God gives no forgiveness to those who do not forgive. Why? Because our unforgiving spirit reveals our own lack of repentance, a heart still not yielded to God. Put another way, God extends his grace to us only in the same way we extend his grace to others. This is a bit like Jesus' teaching that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's impossible on our own. The only reason we can forgive is because we've embraced the forgiveness of God. Forgiveness is pain. Forgiveness is loss. Forgiveness is yielding to Christ. Forgiveness is freedom. Forgiveness is joy. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Morning. See you guys. How we doing? Ready? A little nervous? Me too, me too. It's okay. All right. Let's start last week because last week was fun, right? John 16, 23. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. <laughs> that beautiful. We, we, we considered this mystery last week, and this mystery of God, like this ask and you will receive mystery, right? Uh, and we saw that, but, but it was one of those mysteries that kind of like, in our hearts, we hoped that it's true, right? I mean, in our hearts, like, we hope that we can go to God and say, God, give me this, and he will give it to us. Even if we don't understand how it all works or what happens, you know, this hard reality of ask and receive is something that kind of stirs in us a dream of something great, right? It's something that we want to be true. It's something that we hope is true. It's something that we hope that he will make a reality in our life. This week, we come into another mysterious truth, a, a hard understanding, uh, but, but this one is different. <laughs> uh, you know, last week we're kind of like, yeah, I want that to happen. Like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't it be cool? This week we kind of go, ooh, I, I kind of hope that's not what it actually is saying, right? I mean, like, like this one kind of fills us with dread. It, it fills us with this, like, anticipation of, like, something bad happening and, and judgment coming. Uh, the, the hard and mysterious truth of last week was, was filled with a promise of good things and blessing. The hard and mysterious truth this week is one that comes, seems, with judgment. What is this mysterious truth? What is, <laughs> what is the, the thing that's hard to understand? Of course, Matthew 6, 12. I lost my slide guy. He just left me. I don't know why. He just left right in the middle of my <laughs> message. All right. Well, it's part of start of my message, I guess. All right. <laughs> anyway, 612. Forgive us our debts as we 
forgive those who are our debtors. Right? Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us. Now, this is a challenging uh, uh, verse simply because of one word. Do you know what the word is? As, right? Like, as messes this whole thing up. This verse is fine. I mean, can it just be and? Like, forgive us our debts and we'll forgive our debtors. Right? I mean, that's more palatable. Like, that, that feels like it's okay. I can take that. That makes sense. But as, as totally transforms the meaning. It totally messes things up. As radically changes the meaning of this verse. To be forgiven as I forgive others equates the two together. It means the quality of the one impacts the quality of the other. If I ask God to forgive me as I, as I am forgiving others, that means if I don't forgive, I won't be forgiven. How can that be? We, we must be missing something, right? There, there has to be some, some Greek kind of, you know, nuance in here, right? Like, as must be interpreted incorrectly. Maybe the as is actually an and. Uh, it must be, right? Let's go to the Greek. Let's figure it out. But we don't need to go to the Greek because Jesus clarifies the as just a couple of verses later. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespass. Wow. This is a shocking and scary truth. And it's a truth that I think we too often just kind of ignore. I mean, I think we do this normally. Like, I think this is kind of our natural thing. You know, when we, when we encounter a difficult truth, even like ask and receive, we just kind of like, eh, just, I don't know, I'm just going to skip over it, right? How many times have we prayed the Lord's Prayer? How many times have you prayed the Lord's Prayer? And we often come to the part about asking for our forgiveness, and we're like, Lord, please forgive me my debts. And then we kind of just mumble the last one, I forgive my other, Right? We just kind of like skip over that. We just, you know, I don't want to, what is that? Do we ever reflect on how we are doing at forgiving others? This is a hard and mysterious truth, and it cannot be overlooked. So what does it mean? Right? What does it mean? Let's figure it out. And what doesn't it, what doesn't it mean? Let's start with what it doesn't mean. The reality as we look at this ask, uh, or excuse me, not ask, that was last week, ask and receive. As we look at forgive as we forgive, right? We can can begin to extrapolate, if we allow ourselves to reflect on it, we begin to extrapolate it out and go, okay, well, if God, you know, if I haven't forgiven somebody else and that means that God hasn't forgiven me, that means that I'm still in like my sin. So does that mean like I'm not saved? Right? You know, is this, is this a salvation? Oh my gosh, I have to make sure I forgive so that I get into heaven. Otherwise, God's not going to forgive me in this trouble. This is not what this passage is saying. The clear teaching of all the scripture over and over again is that we are saved by what? 
grace through what? Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you can, sing, you can read it with me if you want. I think we have it on the screen if my slide guy is awake yet. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. Hmm. The reality is this passage about forgive and forgive as we forgive is not about salvation. Our salvation is sure. It does, if we do not forgive others, it will not impact our salvation. We can rest assured that our uh, salvation is secure the moment we bow our knee to Jesus as Lord. Amen. However... The lack of our forgiveness of others does impact how we can enjoy the forgiveness that we have received. The reality is when we do not forgive others, that is a direct sin. God tells us, forgive others. And so when we're not, it's sin. And so that non-forgiveness, just like any other sin, hampers our relationship with God. We can't enjoy that relationship as full as we can. It also diminishes our impact in the world. It, it hurts our witness in the world. And the reality is we can't even really fully enjoy forgiveness unless we have learned to forgive you think about this. I mean, we know this already, right? I mean, what does non-forgiveness lead to? Bitterness, right? And what does bitterness do? It destroys us. It, it hurts us. It doesn't hurt the other person. It hurts us. But our unforgiveness does hurt the other person as well, right? The lack of them being able to, to be forgiven by us, right? There's, there's a damage in that relationship. But we need to understand that when we don't forgive others, it doesn't impact our salvation, but it certainly does impact how we receive and enjoy the forgiveness that we have received from the Father. Because we are choosing to continue to live a life in the midst of unforgiveness rather than a life of freedom in forgiveness. Now, there's also one other aspect of this I wanted to kind of just draw out. Forgiving is actually a natural outflow of the forgiveness that we have received. If we have, if we understand how depraved we really are, if we understand how sick we really are, if we understand what we've actually been forgiven of, forgiveness of others comes easy. <laughs> when we understand the level of forgiveness that we have received, then we're able to, that motivates us, if you will, to forgive others. Because we realize, oh my gosh, look what I've done, but you, I mean, they've done, yeah, okay, it's all right. I've, yeah, I, I can give forgiveness because God has forgiven me so much. Now, the problem oftentimes with us Christians is we too often don't recognize our own depravity. We don't know, we don't understand how sick we really are. 
Matter of fact, I think uh, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the gospel has been kind of watered down over the last couple of decades. I think it's starting to come back. It's making a comeback, which is great. But for a long time, it was kind of watered down, especially in America, because we were trying to make Christianity palpable to those people who didn't need Jesus. And so we watered it down so that, no, it's just more like a social club. Yeah, Jesus loves you. It's just a matter of coming in. You know, we just, you know, going to live our life. It's going to be great. You know, it's like moral teaching or whatever. The problem with that is it's led to a lot of Christians or maybe actual Christians who don't know how to forgive. And the reason they don't know how to forgive is because when they came into the kingdom, they didn't need forgiveness. They came in thinking, oh, isn't God lucky to have me? They came in without a recognition of the depth of their sin. I said this uh, a few weeks back that, that, that I feel like as I have lived my life with Christ longer and longer, I have come to feel like I am more of a sinner than I was when I first came to Christ. And, and I, think, I think this is important, like that we are sinners and we understand that we are sinners we understand how deep that sin goes as bad as the sinners we thought we were when we first came to christ it is nowhere even close to that it is so much worse but when we understand our forgiveness then out of that comes an ability to forgive others it's like grace and works Grace is an amazing thing because grace means that we don't have to, there's nothing we can do to earn salvation. We just read the Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? There's nothing we can do to earn it. It's not about works, right? And the works aren't just before salvation, it's after salvation. If you add works after salvation, that's just like saying that works before. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't have to do works. Grace means that you don't have to ever do anything righteous for Jesus, it means that God accepts you just as you are if you bow your knee to Jesus as Lord. But there's another truth that goes with that. And that is, if you really understand grace, again, if you really understand how much you've been forgiven, you, you can't help but live in obedience. Right? If you really, really realize how undeserving grace is, how undeserving salvation is, you will live it. And that's the same with forgiveness. I think if we, if we have really experienced our own depravity, if we've really experienced the great forgiveness of God, then we can't help but forgive others. To summarize this piece, the different aspects of this truth that I've just outlined. First, salvation is based on grace through faith. Our forgiveness of others or lack thereof does not determine our eternal condition. However, our unforgiveness can be a sign that we have never received forgiveness or at least don't understand how desperately we need to be forgiven. Furthermore, if we do not forgive others, we will not get to enjoy the full measure of blessing that come with being forgiven because bitterness will seep into every corner of our life and breed anger, anxiety, and hatred. So this hard and mysterious truth, we've got answers to it. We don't have to worry about our salvation here, but we do need to worry about how we are enjoying the forgiveness that we have received. 
So, because that's out of the way, we can now consider for a moment forgiveness and what it is. First of all, what is our forgiveness? The truth of Scripture is that all sin are forgiven. Our past, our present, our future, all types of sins, no matter how bad or horrendous, all sin has been forgiven. 1 John 1, 9, we all know it. You can quote it with me. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? All sin. If we confess our sin, he is faithful to just forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All sin. There's no sin that like kind of goes beyond what God can forgive. All sin is he is able to forgive. And matter of fact, all sin he is already forgiven. And we are continually, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we are continually sinful. We are, in, we are continually in need of forgiveness. It is not so much that every moment of our day we are sinning, but it's that every moment of the day we are sinners. Our identity changes certainly into a child of God, but we are still wrestling with sin. We still have this reality of sin. And so repentance for us is a necessary thing that we need to participate in. We need to repent on a regular basis, not to get forgiveness, but to enjoy it. So let me, let me, let me lay this out a little bit. God, right, he forgives us before we confess before we repent. Romans 5, right? Romans 5, 8, right? Uh, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, right? So God forgave us before we ever bowed our knee to Jesus as Lord. However, we never received that forgiveness. We don't receive that forgiveness until we do bow. And so there's this reality that our sin, all of our sin is forgiven. Past sin, present sin, and future sin. It's already forgiven. However, if we want to enjoy that forgiveness, we repent. And so this is something that we as Christians do over and over again. We do it one time in the sense when we come to Christ for the first time, and that opens up God's forgiveness, our enjoyment of God's forgiveness for all of our sin. But then we do it over and over and over again. And why do we do it over and over again? Because it reminds us of a couple of things. First, it reminds us that we are still battling against sin. Sometimes we can begin to think that, you know, actually, I'm getting pretty holy. <laughs> you know, this God thing, he's, look what he done. Man, I've got this self-discipline down. I'm at church. I'm giving, man. I'm doing Bible studies. Read through the Bible every year. I even shared my faith a little bit with a friend at the store the other day. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? We kind of get, I'm really kind of, be, I'm getting holy, right? I'm feeling pretty good. But the reality is we are in constant battle with sin, and if you don't think you are, then please read Romans 7, 23 and 24. Paul, the great and mighty Paul, the evangelist, right? The one who launched the church out of Jerusalem into the, uh, into the ends of the earth. He is the guy who we all go like, man, he's written all these books in the Bible. He must be pretty holy. He is pretty holy, but he's still struggling with sin. Romans 7, 23 and 24. But I see in my members, in myself, in my flesh, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive, captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am. 
who will deliver me from this body of death. Our repentance, our taking time on a regular basis to repent of our sin reminds us that we're in a battle. And the reason that's important is because that's what ignites our worship as well. When we recognize we're in a battle and that we need to repent of that sin, we realize that we need forgiveness, then we are ignited to worship the one who forgives. The one who gives us the power to be able to fight against sin. But also we need to repent regularly because it reminds us that we are forgiven. Too often, if we don't practice repentance, we can live our life in shame and guilt because we felt like we couldn't ask God for forgiveness. Sometimes we think, you know, that, that sin is just too heinous. It's too horrible. It's too just out there. No, God can't forgive that. Or we're just too embarrassed to say it. Others of us, it's, it's, it's like it's too repetitive. I, I asked for forgiveness for this yesterday or last hour, right? Now I got to do it again, right? So we think it's just too much. It's too repetitive. And so we don't ask for repentance. But we have to continue to go, continue to ask, continue to seek him to repent. Because we need to hear once again, you are forgiven powerful words that Jesus speaks over us when we repent. You see, our initial forgiveness at our salvation is not, you know, knowing that and experiencing that, that's not enough to hold us for our whole life. The reality is because we sin over and over and over again, yes, that forgiveness covers that, but we need to repent over and over again so that we are reminded over and over again that we are, are, are forgiven. And so we need to make a regular routine of repentance. Some people would say maybe that we don't need to do, that Christians don't need to have this kind of regular repentance, right? That, that you know, I mean, shoot, we're, again, we have our initial forgiveness. All sins, future, you know, sins, they're all taken care of. You're right, they are. But if repentance is not for the believer, then why did Jesus, speaking to his disciples, Give them a sample prayer that included repentance. He's talking to his disciples. Like, why wouldn't he just say, ah, we, we don't really need this repentance thing. You need to ask for forgiveness. That's already taken care of. You, you got that at, the, you know, at salvation. No, he, he teaches us how to pray. And he includes in it repentance. Now, how about forgiving others? I think this is oftentimes the hardest part of forgiveness. Certainly, repenting of our own sin can be a challenge, but forgiving other people oftentimes is the, the hardest thing to do. <laughs> but as I said earlier, it's motivated by our awareness of our own sinfulness. When we know that we've been forgiven, it helps and leads us to forgive others. I think there's three challenges in forgiveness. There's probably more than that, but at least three that we'll address today. Three challenges when it comes to forgiving others. First challenge is that their sin is worse than our sin. 
Now, sometimes from a very earthly and practical viewpoint, that is actually very true. Some of us in this room have been sinned against in really horrible and awful ways. Things that you yourself have never done to anyone else and would never even think of doing to anyone else. And and so this is, I think, something we can slip into pretty easily. Matter of fact, we can even argue with God about this. But God, you don't understand what they did. Do you get that? You get what they did to me? Do you understand how horrible that is? Do you understand what that's done to me and how I continue to fight against it? 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. While we know, because we chuckled about this when I first said it, that those who sin against us, that sin is not worse than our sin. I actually, as gruesome as it is, I appreciate Mel Gibson in the movie that he helped to direct The Passion. Because it, in gory detail, outlines the last 24 hours of Jesus' life and the abuse that he took because of our sin. The truth is, our sin did abuse. Our sin did murder. To think that our sin somehow is less evil than what we've been, what has been done to us is foolishness and arrogance. It is our sin that brought the cat of nines down upon Jesus' back over and over again. It is our sin that hammered the nails through the hands and the feet. It is our sin that pierced his side. Ultimately, those who are struggling to forgive others because the sin done to them was too horrible have yet to come face to face with the reality of their own depravity. Yes, horrible things can be done to us by others, but we can still forgive them when we recognize the horrible things that our sin has done to Jesus. The second challenge of being able to forgive others, actually the next two challenges, are maybe about definition of what forgiveness means. So the first one of those definitions is that we have this understanding or this perspective that forgiveness equals forgetting the sin. Now, we have an awesome God, Isaiah 43, 25. Listen to this about our God. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my, for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. What an awesome God that we have. Like, not only does he forgive us, but he's able to forget those sins. 
It's awesome, right? That's amazing. But I've got news for you. You are not God. I know, shocking, shocking truth. Here it is, I know. It's amazing. We are not God, and so we don't have the power that God has to forget sin. The reality is, is that forgiveness is not also forgetting. If we remember a sin that we have previously forgiven, it doesn't mean that we haven't forgiven that sin. It just means that we need to, once again, forgive it. Right? We need to forgive it again. Becky and I actually had a conversation about this passage and this uh, message uh, earlier in the week. And I like the way she actually taught a similar message actually on uh, Thursday to their, to their uh, co-op uh, kids. But anyway, I loved how she talked about this reality at, that with, that with uh, our memories as human beings, you know, this is the struggle. You know, forgiveness in some sense is harder for us than God. Because when he forgives, he forgets. It's kind of done, right? Now, that doesn't take into account that Jesus died also for us. So, you know, there's more, there's more to it. But, but for us, we have memories that we can't forget things. Certainly, well, sometimes we can. But oftentimes, especially the most heinous of sins, right? We can't get those out of our mind. And so we have this reality. So Becky was saying, you know, the reality is, is that we have these memories that make it hard for us to forgive. But what we do is every time our memory picks, our, our memory picks up that sin again, we have to make the choice once again to put that sin back down. We have to continue to to live our life with that, that every time that memory comes, we have to remind ourselves, no, 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 wait a second. I've already forgiven that, and so I forgive it again, and we set it back down. And this is the reality. But so, so forgiving is not forgetting. We need to separate those. They're not together. Like you're gonna, you can forgive somebody, but still remember the offense. And that's okay. But it is mean that it's hard for us that we have to do it over and over again. But again, I, I think, you know, like us, when we repent, we need to hear God say over and over again, you are forgiven. We need to remind ourselves over and over again, that is forgiven. They are forgiven. I've released them of that. The next challenge is, again, about kind of equating things that don't necessarily go together, and this time it's reconciliation. The perspective is that forgiveness means reconciliation, that, you know, if I forgive them, that means that we have to restore that relationship back to, to, to you know, to what it was before. Family and friends can, be especially, uh, can especially pressure us in this regard. You know, family rifts that happen over a particular sin there can be tremendous pressure put on the one who has been offended, the one who has been sinned against, to forgive and kind of forget and get over it and like, let's get this thing back together. Let's get, bring reconciliation. That can be a major pressure. But again, we need to go back to how does God forgive us? The reality is, is God forgives us unconditionally, but he reconciles to us conditionally. God forgives us unconditionally and reconciles to us conditionally. What I mean is simple, right? He already forgave us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. But we don't get the reconciled relationship with God. We don't get the, uh, to enjoy that forgiveness until we repent of our sin, until we come to him, bow our knee to Jesus as Lord. Then reconciliation comes. And so for us as human beings, we can do the same thing. This reality that, yes, we have to forgive those who have offended us, those who have sinned against 
against us. That is something we do internally, no matter what they do, whether they ever repent, whether ever they admit that they did anything wrong, whether they ever talk to us again, we can still forgive that person. That is internal. That's something we do on our own, a choice that we make. But reconciliation is separate from that. If they come and repent, then reconciliation can come. But if they never repent, we don't, there's, no, there's no, no, no sense that we need to reconcile. Now, this leads to another piece where we're not like God. Now, God is able to forgive unconditionally and reconcile conditionally, but also when he reconciles conditionally, again, he can forget our sin. We, as human beings, cannot forget our sin, the sins of others against us. Sometimes we can. God gives us that grace, but a lot of times we can't. The really difficult ones, we can't. So that plays into reconciliation as well. When we forgive and then the person comes and repents, we can receive that repentance. But because we can't forget that sin, we may not ever be able to fully reconcile. And that's okay. I, as I was preparing this message, the, the thought of divorce came up to me. I think it's a similar principle. Jesus, what, is, what does God say about uh, divorce? He hates it. God hates divorce. However, he recognizes because we're human beings, and matter of fact, it says uh, in, uh, yeah, Malachi hates divorce, but the other one I was looking for, is, I think it's Matthew 19, says that, that, uh, that why did he allow for divorce? If God hates divorce, why did he allow for it? Because we're sinful. Because we're messed up. And so he allowed for, in some extreme cases, divorce, there's, there's an allowance for it, Right? Because we're human beings, because we're sinful, because we're not God, he allows for it. I think it's the same here. Forgiveness is a demand. We have to forgive. Repentance, when it comes, we should receive that repentance. But reconciliation should always be the norm. We're always looking for that reconciliation. But, but, but there are some sins that are just so damaging and difficult that reconciliation can never come. And God makes an allowance for that. Again, he wants reconciliation. That's what he's calling us to. He hates the fact that we get divided. But he also recognizes we are sinners. And in some extreme cases, reconciliation, although forgiveness has been given, reconciliation may not be able to come. Forgiving others. It is hard. But I think understanding some of these kind of perspectives are important. Understanding that our sin is just as horrible as their sin. And understanding that we're not going to probably forget those really tough sins. But it's okay. We just keep forgiving over and over and over again. It's all right. And then also being freed from the sense that we have to reconcile with those who have repented of their sin, but the sin is so heinous that we can't forget it. We want to, but we don't have to. Hmm. We've dealt with some mysterious and hard truths the last couple weeks, but knowing and understanding the love and the good character of our God helps us. 
It helps us to, to not just understand, because we, I mean, we can understand somewhat, but to, doesn't, it helps us not to just understand, but it helps us to trust that even if we don't fully understand these mysteries of God, we do know enough. We know who God is, his character. We know that he loves us. We know that he is always working on our behalf for good things to happen, right? He's, he's a God who is all-powerful and all-knowing. He's a God who forgives, and he's a God who empowers and encourages us to forgive as well. So knowing the, the, who God is helps us with these mysterious passages that create tensions. God loves us, and he also wants to set us free. And with forgiveness, I think this is an area of great bondage for some of us. Some of us are continuing to not repent for whatever reason, for certain sins. Yeah, we're in the faith, right? We've accepted Jesus, our Lord and Savior, but we're ashamed to talk to him about this particular sin. We're ashamed to, to talk about it again, to confess it again. And the reality is, if we don't name our sins before Jesus, they will continue to bind us. They will continue to control us. They'll continue to fill us with shame and guilt. They'll continue to limit us from what God has for us, be able to enjoy that amazing forgiveness. There's other, others of us here who have been harboring bitterness towards somebody. For days, weeks, maybe even years. Maybe we get to this Lord's Prayer, we just kind of skip over. Because we don't want to go there. We, we don't want to have to think about forgiving this particular offense because it's just so horrible. But by doing that, we're allowing bitterness to control us. Sin is in control because we're not willing to forgive. God calls us to repent. Lord, forgive us our debts. But he also knows how important it is. Even if we get forgiven for our debts, if we don't forgive others, we're not going to experience forgiveness. And so he says, follows it up with, as you forgive those who have hurt you, who have sinned against you. Worship team, why don't you come up? Today, church, is a day of freedom. If you are feeling chained down by sin, either your own sin that you struggle to repent or the sin of someone else who you struggle to forgive. Today is the day of freedom. Today you're going to have the opportunity, right now, in this room, before you leave, <laughs> to repent of that sin, to speak it out, and be specific. Don't just say, you know that sin. No, no, no. Name it. Right? Name that sin. Have the courage to speak it out to the Lord. Repent today. Today is the day of freedom where he's going to break the chain of that sin over your life. It doesn't mean that you're never going to struggle with that sin. Again, we are in a battle. But it doesn't matter if sin continues to seem to win these little tiny you know, moments of, you know, of strife. 
What matters is that you are forgiven. And so every time you sin, you repent so that you can hear those words again to remind you that you are forgiven. This morning, you're going to repent of that sin that you haven't repented of for a while, or maybe ever, because you're going to get free. And the way you're going to get free is by hearing Jesus say over you, you are forgiven. Now, some of us, we can, we can hear God's voice pretty well in our head, and that's great. Others of us, and maybe even those that like to hear it in our head, you know, maybe sometimes need to hear it with our physical ears. And so if you have a sin that you need to repent of, and you just need to hear with your physical ears, Jesus say, you are forgiven, then I want to invite you to come. And our prayer team would love to pray with you. And then when you're done repenting of your sin, they will speak the words that Jesus has already spoken over you, but they will just repeat it into your physical ears. You are forgiven. There's other of us here that need to come and repent of our lack of forgiveness. Some of us need to just make that choice today to forgive. Doesn't mean that it immediately goes away. Like, oh, I'm all free. I don't have to think about it anymore. No, no, no. The first step to forgiveness is to say, I forgive you. And then every time the memory comes, nope, I forgive you. Nope, I forgive you. Nope, I forgive you. Over and over and over again for as long as it takes. Oftentimes, the more times we say it, the less times we remember it. And so some of you need to do that just in your seats or maybe with your person sitting next to others, maybe need to come forward. Maybe there's somebody in this room that you've got a beef with, that there's been an offense that's happened here, and you need to go to them and just say, hey, I forgive you. I'm sorry. Today's the day. Freedom from sin, freedom from the lack of forgiveness. That's what we have the opportunity for. I hope that you will take care, take, take advantage of it. And we're going to do this while the songs are playing. So I ask to invite the prayer team to come up even now. So if you'd like to have prayer, you can come up during the song. If, if, you, if you're okay in this area, if you feel like, you know what, no, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping short accounts with the Lord and things are good, then just belt out these songs and worship and ask the Lord to help you to continue to have that positive and good routine of repentance and forgiveness of others. We don't want any chains. We don't want to be held down by sin, whether it be our sin or the sins that others have committed against us. And so we come before the Lord today and we confess and we forgive. Amen. Lord, thank you that you are a forgiver, that you forgive us of our sin. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter uh, how bad it is. No matter how often it is, Lord, you forgive. And Lord, we thank you that you, because and through your forgiveness of us and our sin, you empower us to forgive others. So Lord, if we're struggling to forgive someone else, Lord, help us to come to you and to seek you and to ask you to reveal the depth of our own depravity, but also, Lord, that you would empower us to forgive for your glory and for our blessing and for our freedom from sin. We started with Psalm 130. Let's end with Psalm 130, at least the first few verses. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. 
Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. If, again, if you need prayer or need to confess and you want to come up, please do so. Or if you just want to stay in your seat and continue to deal with the Lord, go for it. God bless you, church. Have a great week.